the most painful moments of my life I look back on and they are some that I'm the most grateful for, even if they didn't work out how I would have hoped. There are still things that carried me to where I am today. And I have to always be grateful for where I am today. Welcome to the Sensitive and Soulful Show. If you're the type of person who's often heard that you're too sensitive, you're too emotional, you're just too much, this is your place. Hi, my name is Alyssa Boyer, and I'm a mentor for highly sensitive people. My mission in life is to help other highly sensitive souls learn how to embrace their sensitivity as a gift. Each week, I will share tools, tips, and stories for you to learn how to lean into your sensitivity and learn how to work with it instead of fighting against it. I believe the world is a better place when more sensitive, deep-feeling people feel comfortable and confident in their skin. And I can't wait to show you how. So get comfy and let's dive in. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of The Sensitive and Soulful Show. Oh my gosh, today's episode is such a treat. You are going to absolutely love it. So today I spoke with my good friend Graciela Razor about rebirth, transformation, being in the uncomfortable shifting moments of your life, being in transition. We talk about it all and how this impacts highly sensitive people and why we tend to be more sensitive to these types of experiences. Like this conversation was so, so nourishing and I know you're going to absolutely love it. So just to tell you a little bit more about my dear friend Graciela, she is a healer, an intuitive, and a multidimensional creative. She uses her many tools, including breathwork, human design, Reiki, art therapy, gateless writing, and behavioral psychology to help her clients and community recognize the magic, gifts, and wholeness within. Graciela is such a wonderful soul. I always learn so much when I chat with her. And honestly, it's like one of those conversations where you could just lose track of time because we were just so tapped in. So I'm really, really excited for you to listen to this one and definitely be sure to let me know what you think, share in your stories on your Instagram stories if you love it. And yeah, let me know. Thank you so much for being here and enjoy. Okay, I'm so excited for this conversation today. Like I said in the intro that you just heard, I have my amazing friend Graciela here. And I think before we dive into the episode and just like everything that we're going to be talking about, um, I'd love for you to just like, you know, introduce yourself. And that'd be kind of fun too, to just like talk about how we met before we get into this, this conversation. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited to be here today and just chat with you. Like this is just going to be a great girlfriend's catch up chat and also all things magical, all things woo woo, all things spiritual. I have known you in my, in this professional iteration of myself, I should say, which really segs nicely into this conversation that we're going to have. I've known you for almost that entire time. I think that I have now been working as a spiritual teacher and a guide and meditation teacher, breathwork teacher, energy work teacher, human design teacher, all the things uh, for about four years. And I think I reached out to you about three and a half years ago. Mm -hmm. And I kind of love that I reached out to you because it was really breaking the fundamental rule of human design that I knew at the time, which is that I'm a projector and you're a manifester. And I am, of course, supposed to wait for the invitation. And you are, of course, supposed to be the one that initiates. Uh But I found your work. It was when you were really blogging. And I think that was it, right? Mm -hmm. You were just blogging. Yeah. And I loved it. There was just something about you that I so resonated with. And I knew that we were supposed to be connected. So I got up in your DMs and I said like, hey, would you want me to 
give you a reading and then you could write about it because my background is in marketing and communications. So I kind of did what I had always done for other clients, but for myself, like, and you were receptive to it because I, I think, and I'm speaking for you here, but I think you felt we were supposed to be connected to in some way. 100%. Like when you reached out to me, I was like, oh my God, no brainer. Like, this is so cool. Like, because I had like dabbled in human design. I like knew a little bit about it. But when you're like, okay, I'll give you a reading and then you can write a blog post about it. I'm like, that's like the best deal ever. (laughs) Like, I want to (laughs) learn who doesn't want to learn about themselves. And yeah, and it was so eye opening too. Like, I just remember like everything that you had shared with me was one of these moments of like really feeling seen. And I think we just all really want to be seen. Like we really do. And especially like, you know, I've often felt like misunderstood and no one gets me. And so then to have somebody like reach out and give you this type of opportunity was so cool. And it felt like such a resonance between us. And it's like, that was just like one small moment. And and then I think you were like one of my founding members of my membership when I finally did like take the first step in my business. And it's been like the coolest thing to just be honestly be on these like um parallel you know timelines and like watch each other grow like it's just been so fun and and like now I'm part of your vortex community monthly energy healings which is incredible so it's just fun like it, it, I love when you just like trust the nudge and and you'd never know what's going to happen but you just have that sense like oh we're meant to be connected and who knows what four four years down the road like brings you to Right. Oh my gosh. I'm so glad you say that. Who knows what four years down the road brings you to, because I've been thinking about that a lot lately, kind of letting go of this idea of the five-year plan. I don't know about you, but like, to me, to be an adult was to have a five-year plan. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not really sure why I didn't start questioning it until very recently. And then when I thought about it deeper, I think it's really interesting because when you make a five-year plan, you are making a plan for a version of yourself that does not yet exist. And it's a version of you that has different wants, different needs, different goals, different desires. It also may be a version of you that's experienced something that's outside of your wildest dreams. So who are you in this present moment to make a plan for that version of yourself? (laughs) I love that. I totally agree. It's like, it makes me think of that quote, like we play on God laughs. It's like, I think we just like want that certainty so bad. So many of us, oh, I just want to know like where I'm going exactly. But like, I, I agree. And I, I've never been a great planner, but I have liked the certainty of that because we just want to know where we're going. And it's like, you have no idea what's going to happen in the meantime. And I think that when we are so focused on, oh, it needs to look like this, then we really close ourselves off to the little miracles and detours along the way that actually lead us to what we, you know, what our soul is calling us to do. Like, oh my gosh, you know, five years ago, like I would have thought like my five-year plan, quote unquote, should have been like, I should still be working in the corporate world. I should be a manager now with a team because I'm going to be 31. Like that's the time I should be at, you know, it's like, it should have looked a certain way. And if you would have told me like, oh, you're going to have your own business and have a podcast, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Like, so it's just like funny. It's like, no, we we have to, uh, when we surrender and kind of like open ourselves up to the possibilities, like, I don't know, it's so much more magical. It's so much more magical. I think people really underestimate their own magic and their own ability to tap into synchronicity because it really is all around. And I should say too, I don't want people thinking that I'm just like out here sliding into everyone's DMs. That truly was a spiritual nudge that I got. Mm -hmm. I rarely DM anyone. I think it's kind of gross to just be like up in everyone's (laughs) DMs, like shooting your shot. But for with you, like I knew there was something there and I trusted that. And I couldn't have planned for us to be speaking almost four years since I reached out. I it's, it's seriously wild. And I think like, and this is something I always chat about with highly sensitive people too, because I, I notice a lot specifically with sensitive people, the struggle to trust their intuition. They'll get these, these nudges. And then it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to be annoying. And instead of 
bypassing that and being like, no, I have this intuitive hit. A lot of them are like, no, I'm not going to do that. So it's like, I feel like a lot of times there is this like lack of self-trust and we close ourselves off to the magic that's possible. And I feel like it, we only build confidence in, in learning how to like listen to our intuition by doing it and by taking the risk and doing the thing and seeing it work out beautifully. But like, I don't think there's a shortcut to getting there. Like you have to kind of take the uncomfortable risk and be like, all right, well, I don't know. Like, you know, I'm feeling the nudge. I'm just going to go with it. Like we have to explore, explore all of that, just even really learn how to like strengthen that muscle and, and, you know, flex it. It is a muscle, right? It's totally a muscle that can be strengthened just like any other muscle in the body. And I think you're so right. Everything you just said is so spot on because we can get ourselves into these energetic spirals of kind of trust and we want to get ourselves there, right? But often what I find is really interesting is that to get ourselves into the spiral, we have to use logic. So we have to just try one thing, try one, try acting on one intuitive nudge, one weird little thing that feels outside of the comfort zone and then see that it works. And then we can try it again. And that's actually like working with the mind, working with the logical brains that we have developed. And I always, I always say like, I am on the side of logic. I'm such a practical, logical person, but it does not have to be our only North star compass for how we navigate the world because we actually have so much more available to us. I love that. Yeah. It's like learning to find the work with the balance of it. It's not like, yeah, you have to be this airy fairy person. I mean, we love that, but like you can also be grounded in logic and use them together in a synergistic kind of way. So our conversation, what we were going to talk about today, which I'm so excited and just like feels so perfect is the idea of rebirth. And I feel like, you know, I've recently gone through such a rebirthing process, becoming a mom over a year ago now. And I feel like rebirths and transitions and just like everything changing in your life is so incredibly uprooting. It's so like, it just shifts everything. It shakes up everything that you know, and it can be like a time where you really do struggle, at least in my experience, to trust yourself because it feels like life as you know, it has changed and oh my gosh, who am I and what do I do? And so I'm curious your thoughts around this. Like, what would you, how would you explain a rebirth? What causes it? What does it feel like? Like, how could somebody know that they're going through a rebirth? And, you know, if you have personal stories to share, feel free, but just, yeah, all the things. Yeah. All the things rebirth. So good. So I was thinking about this before we hopped on because again, actually I'll give a little quick backstory about how this podcast interview went about. I reached out to you and I said, you had written this really fantastic email about rebirth, about transformation. Every single thing in that email, maybe you can like link it in the show notes or something. Every single thing was a gold nugget. And I had been hearing from so many clients and in my own life had been really experiencing a lot of death and a lot of rebirth metaphorically. And I reached out to you and I said, I think this is really present in the collective. Like, let's talk about it (laughs) again, reaching out and being the one that shouldn't reach out. But I had to, I had to, like, there's, there are so many people right now that are really going through their own unique versions of awakening. And it's a really, really beautiful collective energy for us to be in, but it's also a bit of a challenging energy for us to be in because we are taught to hold on so tightly to what is, and that doesn't leave possibility. That doesn't leave space for what can be. And Mm -hmm. I find that our spirits, while we have this one core self that we can always come back to our highest self that I believe we are born as, and that kind of stays with us consistently throughout our, our, our entire lives, our spirit really wants the freedom to grow and morph and change and shift and try new things. That's why we incarnated on the 
beautiful plane, to try all the things, to have fun, to play with life. And if we don't allow ourselves to get into that flow of life, we become really stuck and stagnant and static, which is not our natural state. So I think that most of us are actually called to rebirth more often than we think we are. Mm -hmm. And when I was thinking about that word rebirth today, I feel like most simply to me, it's just the experience of the next iteration of the self. And the self is always wanting to iterate. So it's just being an allowance of that instead of being the block that's not letting that happen. Oh, yeah, that's such a beautiful way of putting it. And it's, you know, I think like a lot of times we do resist stepping into that next experience, that next iteration of ourselves, because it's very uncomfortable. We like we've been, we talked about at the beginning, we like the certainty, we like the five-year plan and, and it's like, we get in our groove. And then all of a sudden it's like, I feel like when we're hitting up on the wall of like, okay, it's time for your next level. It's time to step into the next iteration. Suddenly things aren't working. Suddenly it feels like, oh my gosh, like, why is everything so hard? And you know, there's just something that feels off. And a lot of times, instead of thinking like going to, oh, you know, I'm going through a rebirth. Like a lot of times that's not our first thought. We're like, what's wrong with me? Oh my gosh, I need to fix this. This is horrible. And like, from just to share my experience, like recently, it was like, I had a baby and I literally thought like, okay, I'll have a baby and I'm just going to be the same person. Like she'll just like take naps and I'll like work and I'll be the same. And it was, you know, I was naive. I didn't know. And I didn't realize like, no, you literally change inside out. Like when you have like life experiences, you know, whether you move across the country or you're getting married or you you have a child or you change careers, like you change inside. And so eventually it's like life is not going to let you keep doing things the same way because it's just not meant to you. It almost feels like at least like for me, it felt like I was like outgrowing like my old skin or something. It was like, it was uncomfortable. And I think that things be have to become so uncomfortable for us and until we're like, I have to accept it. Like I became obsessed with the idea of surrender because I was like trying so hard to get back to the old Alyssa and nothing was working. Nothing was working. And I eventually had to surrender and be like, okay, she's gone. And I don't know who the next version of me is, but I know I'm not her. So it's like, it's so uncomfortable though. It's like, oh, you know, and, and it can feel like, like a death, like you said. Yeah. Just the discomfort of it. I don't, you know, I don't think it always have, has to be uncomfortable, but I think it often is. And we have to have the space for that to be. I think about the snake. I think a lot of us think about the snake shedding its skin when we think of rebirth, right? Mm -hmm. But what I also recently learned about snakes when they go through that process of shedding their old skin is that they are momentarily blind and suffocating. Wow. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so they have to allow themselves to be near death to go through this natural process of life. Wow. And it's like, we can always look to nature as a guidance, right? It's like, that's just like such a perfect example of what that actually looks like. And I feel like I, like when I started having this experience and then collectively, I was like, you were saying, I was seeing everyone talking about this and it was showing up in different ways, but people are like, is anyone else feeling like things are crazy right now? And I was like, yes, like what is happening and when I started to recognize like, oh, this is something other people feel, I just found so much comfort in that comfort in, okay, I feel like I'm in the dark right now. I feel like I have, you know, I don't have a flashlight. I don't know where I'm going, but like, this is a normal part of the process. And I think a lot of times, obviously we want to get to the other side. And that's something I have struggled with where I just want to like, get to the, like, here's my story now. Like, here's what, ha here's what I went through and here's where I am now. And it's like, we want to rush, but like, I don't think you can rush a rebirth transformation, right? Like you have to kind of be in it. Right. I totally agree. I think that it's so funny. I think that you can't rush it and yet you can drag it out and make it much worse than it needs to be. <laughs> yeah. How, how do people do that? Would you say like, how do people drag it out and make it worse? 
Right. And I, let me start by saying, I have done this. I still do this sometimes. Mm-hmm. You sense that the next version of yourself is calling you and you won't hear it. It's like you are a horse with blinders on and you had your first goal that you agreed to and you don't want to look any other which way to see the other goal. You want to keep going towards that first goal, but you keep getting more and more uncomfortable. You get slower and slower. You are not reaching that goal that you had. And there comes a certain point where you have to go, oh, I'm running the wrong race here. I am being hit with obstacles left and right. I can't seem to finish this race. And sometimes I get pretty far into the race before I realize that. But sometimes, and I I hope, I think I'm getting better at this. I can start to recognize those red flags kind of right away and shift and, and take off the blinders. Mm-hmm. Because the more you keep going with it, the more painful it's going to get. Yeah. Yes. I love that you said that running the wrong race. Like, yes. And it can be so hard and it can hurt your, hurt our egos sometimes too, to be like, but this was supposed to be the plan. This is what I was supposed to be doing. And it's like, so it can be so annoying for it to not be working. And a lot of times we're just like pushing harder because it's like, oh, well, I'm just using the wrong strategy or like this just, I just need to try a little bit harder. And then it gets worse and worse and more and more frustrating And it's like, no, it's actually, it's actually you, that's like you said, it's the wrong race. So like, and you said red flags, like now you're getting better at seeing the red flags. Like what are some signs, I guess, that a person, if they're listening and they're like, okay, things aren't working. How do I know that I don't need to try harder? How do I know that I'm actually supposed to like redirect? Right, right, right. And you, you can't, no one listening to this can see me, but I'm literally head in my hands when you're talking about, maybe I'm just not using the right strategy. And it's like, spirit doesn't care about your strategies, (laughs) but we, we think so small. We we want to keep ourselves stuck in that. That's such a good question. Before we get into that, there was one thing that I wanted to I wanted to say, because I think it might resonate with people listening, and I'm also curious to get your thoughts on, when I was thinking about this rebirth process, because I think that a lot of people listening are probably going through one right now, I kept coming to that almost the more in alignment you are with yourself and your higher purpose, the more frequently you experience rebirth. And I actually think that's a little bit counterintuitive, right? Because we think that, oh, once I get to my highest self, once I'm in alignment, everything will be ease. And I think ease and rebirth can be one in the same. Yes, maybe everything is ease, but ease is letting yourself be reborn and reiterate and show up and share something different. So for me, rebirth has come more and more often sometimes in a challenging way and sometimes in a a more easeful way as I have walked further down my path rather than less often, like I kind of thought it would be. Oh my gosh. It's really interesting you say that. And I hadn't thought of it, but as you were talking, I'm like, yes, I've definitely experienced that. And I almost feel like it's because we're so much, we're more in tune with ourselves, and we're more in tune with what's true for us that we can't deny ignore stuff down the signs like we would if we were out of alignment. Like I think of Alyssa before, you know, me before I started my business and started doing this work that like is just so in alignment with me. Like before that, I think discomfort and a and a general sense of like slight dissatisfaction was like a part of my life. You know, I just was like always a little anxious, always a little stressed always a little bit like, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not super happy. Like that was just like a normal underlying symptom of my life. And I found that like, once I stepped more into alignment with myself and took some risks and did things that were true for me, it does become so much more obvious when something is not working. It's like, almost like my sensitivity has heightened and I can't ignore it. And I think also once you kind of like consciously go through a rebirth process, like you kind of like move with it it does feel like you're almost more aware of when that's knocking on your door again, Mm -hmm. because you're like, Oh, this is that thing. And usually when this happens, I get something new happens for me. It's like, 
an awareness um, comes from that. So that's a really interesting point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, I was thinking about that today and actually really thinking about kind of a very similar experience to what you're describing. In the six years that I worked in corporate, I really didn't change that much. Like I kind of showed up as the same person Mm -hmm. year after year because while you can move up a certain ladder, yes, maybe you're an account manager and then you're a senior account manager and then you're a vice president, the role that you are expected to play and the person that you are expected to be is actually quite narrow. So while there is a path to elevation, it's a very narrow, straight path. Mm-hmm. And then when I think about the four years that I've been doing this work after that, I've changed a million times. I change my bio <laughs> like every three weeks. I don't even know what you introed me with for this podcast. <laughs> like I've probably changed it four times since then. And that. you know what? That's totally fine because we're just moving with what resonates and what wants to work through us rather than feeling like we have to stay stuck in just one thing. Yeah. And I, it, it feels like there is such a sense of ease with that because you're not feeling so stuck and stagnant on this is me. This is me forever. It's like when you have the awareness that like, I'm always going to be shifting and changing everything that happens in my life is forming me and changing me. Like there is an ease with that. There's a, it's just kind of like, I don't know, it allows you to flow and just be like, okay, it is what it is. Like, instead of fighting against the current, I just think of it like, okay, we're riding the waves. And sometimes those waves are like intense and you're getting thrashed around. And other times you're like floating on top, but like, it's like going (laughs) with it rather than staying, trying to stay stuck as, you know, the place that you're comfortable with all the time. So that's so true. Right. Right. Yes. Going with it. And it is what it is. I say it is what it is probably almost every day, but not in a negative way. Just in a way that what else can possibly be if it just is what it is? There's literally so much freedom in that. Like that, that phrase or a semblance of that phrase has been like life-changing in my life, especially now as a mom, when there's like so much information out there, like this is how to get your kid to do this. This is what exactly what you need to say. And like, I, at first, like I was trying, I was obsessed with trying to control, get things exactly how I thought they quote unquote should be. And my life changed when I literally was like, maybe not everything's a problem to be fixed. Maybe it is what it is. Maybe this is fine. Maybe this is just a phase. Like, I feel like bringing that mindset to everything, it just makes everything so much more enjoyable. It's And also, like, everything ends. Like, everything is a cycle. That's the other thing that is so um, pertinent to me. It's like, every challenge ends. There's always a cycle. There's always something like we're always moving on and moving forward. So I think of that too, on the times when things feel uncomfortable and gray and weird and what's going on. It's like, okay, if I just kind of like relax into this, which is way easier said than done, like it's eventually going to end. Like it is, like you said, it is what it is. So I just feel like there's so much power in that. But obviously as humans with all of our baggage and experience, that's super hard for, for us to do. But I feel like it's the way, it's the way through. It is the way through. And I want to bring us back to the signs that you asked me about, because I think those are so important. And you actually started mentioning one, Mm. which was noticing the patterns around the rebirth. I think if you, because this is one where no one can teach it to you. You can't even come to me or you and say, what's my pattern around rebirth? I don't know, but you do know, you do know, and you can journal back on times where you have been on the precipice of transformation and you can actually look at both. You can look at what happened when you resisted and what happened when you surrendered to it and everything in between. And just notice the patterns. Notice how you were feeling, who you were with, what the outcomes were. Mm -hmm. I also like noticing what happened when something came up for you that you thought, I don't want this. This isn't what I wanted. And then it actually turned out to be the best thing in your life. 
Those are very helpful in teaching us how to rewire what our brains and our spirits are actually wanting, because often they're two totally separate things, right? Your brain is over here saying, this is what I think I want. And your spirit's over here saying, this is the lesson I know you need. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. To all of that. Like, and I think that's the power of when you do consciously have an experience of a rebirth and you're like very aware of it versus, you know, it just happening to it to you, but actually being aware, like then you get that wisdom from that experience. So like you said, you're able to identify the patterns. And so it's like, you know, for anyone listening, like if you can maybe think back to some of the times in your life that were the most uncomfortable and the hardest and most heartbreaking, like maybe think back to that experience and then what happened after that and how, you know, how you felt because there is a great way to kind of mine for those patterns. Cause like in my experience, my, one of my biggest rebirth experiences was having digestive issues that were so bad. I was brought to my knees. I eventually had to see a, a Chinese medicine doctor who got me in, um, doing like emotional stress work and inner child work and like trauma work and all this stuff that I literally had no idea what it was before that. And it changed my life. But I remember so many nights literally on the phone with my mom, like crying on the kitchen floor, being like, I'm so sick. I hate my life. This is never going to end. I thought that it was like, I thought I was destined to be in this horrible place forever. And now that was the best thing that happened to me because it led me to all the work that I'm doing. And so it's like, I have that pattern. And then this past year when my daughter was like sleeping really, really bad. And I was again, brought to my knees and I'm like, I feel like I'm going to die. Like, I don't know if I can make it through this. I made it through it. And there was so much wisdom and confidence that came through it. And it, and that experience of the gut issues gave me a perspective that I was able to apply in the darkest moments. It was like, okay, this feels really bleak, but like you have made it through everything that's happened to you. And there's always gold on the other side of it. So I think just that practice and that awareness is like, life-changing for us instead it's it's really that experience of like the mindset of this is not happening to me it's happening for me it's not like it's not like oh you suck and you need to suffer it's like no there's something in this for you Mm, wow thank you for sharing all of that that was so beautiful and I can feel your heart and everything <laughs> you share. I think it's one of your biggest gifts. Like oh. we we can all feel so much kindness and vulnerability in every word that you share. And I think that helps this medicine actually integrate with people mm-hmm. rather than just hearing you and going like, oh, easy for her to say. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Oh. Because we are speaking about things that are very painful moments in our yes. lives. Like the the most painful moments of my life I look back on and they are some that I'm the most grateful for, even if they didn't work out how I would have hoped. There are still things that carried me to where I am today. And I have to always be grateful for where I am today, no matter no matter what happened to get here. So I think you're so right in that getting to that place of higher perspective. I've started to call it transcendent thinking, where we can be a little bit out of the situation, out of our human monkey mind Mm -hmm. and almost rise above it and see how it is for our highest good that's when we really start to make peace with these transformational situations that are coming into our lives to shake things up and to teach us something. Do I think that every single bad thing that happens has a reason? No, not necessarily, but I think that you will be surprised once you start to mine the depths of your experiences in what comes and what has come after for you. Like there, like you said, there's so much gold in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. Just like getting above it, getting outside of yourself. Cause that was going to be my question for you is like, what tips would you have for somebody to navigate the, the whole process? Because oftentimes it is quite painful and it feels like for me, it's like, it feels like walking down a dark tunnel and not knowing when you're going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. And you don't know if it's going to be 
months or weeks or years, like hopefully not years, but like, you don't know. So like what Mm -hmm. has been helpful for you or your clients uh, when it comes to navigating this type of experience? Yeah. Well, I think it's really interesting that you mentioned the tunnel, walking down the dark tunnel without seeing the end, because I always want people to first start by acknowledging that they are a person that is willing to go on this journey. Mm. Willingness is actually quite a higher frequency than people will, than most people will allow themselves to get to courage and willingness and that kind of like action oriented energy. Most people won't even let themselves get there. They'll see that dark tunnel and they'll go, nope, I'm not going down that tunnel. And they'll walk the other way. So if you're a person that's willing to walk down the tunnel, just give yourself credit for that first. Like that's where we start. Mm, That's huge. I love that. And it it just, like, I, I think a lot of times sensitive people tend to be these spiritual seekers and these people who are more sensitive, of course, to rebirths and trans transformations and like having these challenging experiences. Like, I think we're often more prone to it because we're awake to life because it's so much harder for us to ignore and pretend things aren't happening because we're just like open and aware and we feel it all. And like a lot of people will will say, oh, being sensitive is so hard. I feel like it's so much harder to be me. And it's like, yeah, sometimes that that can be true. But like also the the depth and richness available to you is so much greater because of your sensitivity, because of the opportunities that are given to you and and the opportunities that you have if you do choose to walk towards that dark tunnel and be like, okay, like, let's see what happens. Because I just think it's so much harder for us a lot of times to turn that blind eye, because a lot of times we get, we end up getting physically ill. Something happens in our bodies Mm. that won't allow us to disconnect. We can do it for a while, but eventually our bodies are like, no, you must go the other way. It's like, yes, right. Yes. Yes. I have had so many physical manifestations of discomfort in my body. Um, when I was moving out of corporate and into doing what I do now, I had, and I know this is not going to sound very serious when I say it, but I had the worst acid reflux imaginable. Mm -hmm. I could not eat anything at a certain point. It was like, I could eat a smoothie and I could eat, I think a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that was about it because everything else, my throat was just burning. And isn't that interesting that it was in the throat because- I had been suppressing not only my truth, my own personal truth, but the truth of what I was meant to share in the world for many, many years. And that had built up in my system and it was trying to move itself through. Right. And eventually it did after months and months, no doctor could figure it out. I got, I forget what the procedure is called, but the little, very uncomfortable thing where they knock you out and stick a little camera down your throat. Endoscopy. And yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And no one could figure it out. No medicine worked. Nothing worked. And it felt, it really felt hellish to me at the time. Like I felt so in many ways in my victimhood around it. And the only thing that could move it through to the other side was me showing up and doing this work. It is just, yeah. Isn't that crazy how that happens? Yes. I mean, honestly, like, again, I think of like my stomach issues and how like that coincided with me starting a blog and, and whatever, you know, doing all of this. And it's like, I started the blog when I was working with my doctor because I was so inspired and together like with, with the work I did with him, of course, with diet and supplements, but like also with finally expressing myself and being true to myself, all of those digestive issues subsided. And I seriously have zero issues today. And I think, like you said, a lot of it is that, that energetic and being out of alignment with our soul's purpose and needing like our body telling us like, no, I need you to do this. This, there is a blockage here. And until you do this thing, like it's going to be painful. It's going to be, there's going to be a disconnect. 
And it's really, this is going to sound silly, but I'm just going to share because I think just the way energetics show up is super interesting. So like something that I have struggled with and I'm finally coming to terms with is like when I became a mom, I felt really awkward showing up on Instagram, like, which is where the main place I show up. I was like, oh my God, I don't want people to like leave and like think I'm annoying and like not relate to me anymore because I have a kid. And so I was like suppressing myself or like really overthinking what I shared when in the past, I literally never thought about it. I was just like, whatever. I was overthinking it. And that manifested in losing tons of followers. Like probably, I think I lost 13,000 followers since I became a mom. And I would tell it like, honestly, maybe three or four weeks ago, I just had this shift inside of me where I'm like, I don't care. Like, I don't care. This is like a huge part of my life. I started sharing more openly. I just am like not overthinking things. And I've gotten like three, 3,000 new followers in a week. So it's just like funny yes. because the energetics, it's like, dude, like when you're out of alignment, like things are, there is an unexplainable thing that is off. And, and yes. I don't know. So it's crazy. Yes. Yes. I also think you're speaking to something right now that makes going through these rebirth processes a little bit more challenging. And that is the outside culture that you are doing that process in Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. the culture, the systems, these social media platforms, they want to keep us really small. They like a version of us that is defined Instagram and TikTok, I feel like niche was really hot a few years ago, and it has only continued to get stronger, this need to niche down and down and down and down until it has become this thing of, I see people now just making the same version of the same video, like over and over and over again. And while the algorithm may want you to show up and not change, because the same thing happened to me, right? You met me and I only shared about human design on my mm-hmm. Instagram. And for years, I had continued to lose followers until quite recently, actually. I finally hit a bottom with everyone that was um, that only wanted me for the human design content, right? That only wanted that one version of me. And now I think I have a community that feels comfortable with the many versions of me because I still use human design, but I have so many other tools that I want to share and so many other things that I want to say. Um, And I think so many of us feel that way, but we also feel the pressure of these outside systems that are literally set up to keep us small. When in reality, we're in the most expansive time for human beings. Like we have the most options of ever before. We're able to be the most multifaceted that humans have ever been able to be. And yet many of us choose to stay in these little boxes that have been laid out for us because those are the supposed paths to success. So if you're being called to go through a rebirth process, again, we have to go back into that courage, that willingness And know that sometimes the systems are going to ding us a little bit Mm -hmm. for going through that rebirth. And we have to stay strong and not let that deter the rebirth because the spiritual calling of the rebirth, while it may not feel like that at the time, is so much stronger than the systems that are trying to keep it down. Yes. Beautifully said. It's such an important thing to keep in mind because with with those outside forces, that's really where a lot of times you're feeling like, oh, I'm doing something wrong. What's not working? Like for me, it was losing followers. It's like, again, what strategy should I use? What strategy should I use? It didn't matter. It was, it wasn't that it was like, I would no longer fit in that box. And I think it made me think of too, how we often over identify with this one version of ourselves and that becomes comfortable and we've gained acceptance and we've been liked and validated for that version of us. You know, I'm thinking even for people listening who aren't an online entrepreneur, but like who, I don't know, you have a certain role at work or you've always been the caretaker in your friend group or whatever, like that is your identity. And then shifting out of that, like can upset people, can, you know, the algorithm won't like it, whatever. It's like, and then these are the things that like make us go, oh my God, no, I need to go back to how I was before, but then it's not working. And it's like a vicious cycle until we can 
get to that acceptance of like, okay, I am changing. And I also don't need to be able to label myself. Like maybe I'm not going to fit into a box and a label. Like maybe I'm just in transition. I'm just a human being. I'm just figuring it out. Like I loved how you just owned, like I change my bio every three weeks. Like, yes. Like, how? Like it's kind of like crazy that we even feel like we have to be able to be confined to some like three sentences. Like we're so much more multifaceted than that. And I think I find that there's like such a, when you accept that, like you might, you're in flux, like it's that, I don't know, there's freedom in that. I was recently on a podcast and the girl was like, who are you? <laughs> like, how would you define yourself or something like that? And I literally was like, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm kind of like figuring it out right now. I don't, I can't tell you an exact answer. And I felt good about that yes. instead of like, I am, you know, like I don't have a perfect answer because I don't know, <laughs> figuring it out. Right. And I think that you probably in saying that in being honest like that gave so many people permission and so many people heard that and just exhaled and yeah. said, oh my God, it's not just me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, I don't have to. Okay. Got it. So it's just like, I don't fit into just this little, I help statement. Got it. Like there's more to me right. than this. Yeah. Oh man, don't get me started on the I help statements. We'll be here for another hour. <laughs> right. I know. Yeah. Okay. So one other thing I wanted to touch on before we wrap up was just kind of bringing it back to like the collective experience of, of all of these things, because I guess like, what are your thoughts around sensitive people and how they're often feeling so in tune with things happening collectively. Like, I don't know, that's just it. Again, that was one of the things that really blew my mind. And it, that was getting me so many DMS when I did a post about rebirth. So do you feel like we're more just more in tune with it? Do you think other people like are going have rebirth opportunities, but they don't pick it up? Like, I don't know any, if you have thoughts around that. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always looked at sensitivity from the human design perspective, which I think is a little different than a lot of internet speak on sensitivity. Boundaries are really hot right now, mm -hmm. but I, and I love a boundary. If, if you know me, you, people are like, wow, you have really good boundaries. <laughs> yeah. But I also think that boundaries can cut people off from the innate gifts that they show up and that they have, mm -hmm. and that they are literally born to share in this lifetime because people that come here that are sensitive are very much meant to feel into the other and through that feeling into the other they get wisdom that they can then share with that person share collectively just kind of take in and process for themselves i'm not talking about processing someone else's feelings for them that's where we get into trouble right that we like are the highly sensitive person that feels like we have to take on this load and that it's ours to carry, that's not going to feel great. But if you can kind of detach yourself from the charge of that, from the heaviness of that, and just see the lesson in it, there's actually so much that you can take and that you can really like be seen as a thought leader in, even if that's just being the thought leader in your household, that's kind of like holding it down from this higher perspective for everyone. So I think that it is, I'm sure many people listening to this, I'm sure, I think that it is your charge in this lifetime to mm -hmm. feel into what's there and to move with it and to be with it and to gain the perspective that you need to from it. So instead of closing yourself off to that, I really encourage people to move with that because it wants to move with them. It wants to move you. And then you can become like this more insightful, wise person that you were always called to be, but that maybe felt scary or painful at times. It's just about knowing how to use it with a few small tweaks that make it work for you instead of making it feel like a burden. Mm, oh my gosh. So perfectly said. I feel like that's like the perfect note to end on because it's like my whole purpose, like in my intro of my podcast, it's like, I want to help HSPs be 
leaders in their own lives. And I do completely agree with you that like we have these experiences, we feel things so intensely because we are meant to experience them, alchemize them and be leaders for others and show others the way. And like you said, not be responsible for everyone else, but rather kind of like uplift, be an inspiration, like all of that. It's like, it's not a burden. It's a beautiful gift. And so I'm just obsessed with that because it's also a matter of then it helps because when you have these painful experiences or or just these new experiences that you're like, oh my gosh, I feel ungrounded. Instead of it feeling like I'm a victim to this, this sucks, my life is, this is so hard. Yes, we can feel that way, but also we can kind of then come at it from an empowered stance of, okay, what am I learning from this? What, you know, what is the lesson here? And of course, like, you don't need to, don't bypass it, like feel your feelings be in it, but also like having that, that wisdom is so powerful because it just makes it, I don't know, it just helps you kind of, again, like we've been talking about flow with the whole process and not fight against it and feel like, oh, this is terrible. It's just part of, I think it's just part of our, our specific journey here as sensitive people. So I really love the way you just like framed all of that up. And I, my hope is like, yeah, like I hope everyone listening, like that this conversation makes you feel like so proud and happy to be highly sensitive. Like because that's the, like, to me, I'm like, this is cool. Like we have such a unique experience. Like that is so cool. Like we have a special calling here on this planet. Like, yes, <laughs> I love yes. that. Yes. If you are a highly sensitive person, you have a profound ability to tap into and raise the vibration of this planet. So I really appreciate your work because I think you're always empowering people in their sensitivity and there's never any victim around it it's like hey you guys here's this really cool gift that I love about myself and that I want you to love about yourself too so thank you for sharing that oh thank you Graciela oh my gosh I literally loved this conversation I knew it would be good but it was so much better even than I imagined and I I'm so excited for people to hear this because I know they're gonna love it so Thank you for reaching out. Thank you for always trusting the nudge and going against the, <laughs> the strat, whatever you call it in human design, the strategy. No, I don't yes. know. <laughs> and it is reaching the strategy. out, the strategy. <laughs> but Thank we're you. letting go of the strategy in yes. this episode, right? <laughs> Amen. So I'm not initiating. No, just kidding. But um, <laughs> thank you. And I would love for people to know how to connect with you. If you have anything coming up, um, please share because I know people are going to be obsessed. Oh, thank you. Well, you can always find me on Instagram at Graciela underscore razor and at my website, GracielaRazor.com. That's where you can find the links to work with me either one-on-one or in my Vortex membership, which you are a member of. Yes, highly recommend. Oh, thank you. If you're in New York City too, I do events here. Um, I have a monthly energy cleanse in Williamsburg. So I'm always looking for more New York City folks that are on the same wavelength because there are quite a few people here who are not on that wavelength. (laughs) And I love the city, but it's always good to, you know, hold it down with more highly sensitive people here. Heck yeah. Amazing. Okay. Everyone go connect with her. And if you love the episode, please share it and tag us both on Instagram. Let us know what you learned, what you liked. So Thank you again, Graciela, for being here. This is such a joy. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me. If you like this podcast, please be sure to rate, subscribe, and share it with a friend who might need it. And I can't wait to chat with you next time. Sending you all the love. Talk soon.